Hey there. Welcome back. I'm Seth. This is the Can I Say This at Church podcast. I'm glad that you're here. A couple quick changes. You will see if you go to the links for the store uh, that it's different. I have partnered with a new group that honestly is going to do a lot of the work. I just have to tell them where it is. And I can get a little bit of time back to continue to do things that are just a bit more pressing for me on the show. There will continue to be new things there, etc. However, everything goes on sale like every two weeks. So make that happen. And if you're like me, I very much love that I can get a sticker of some of the most popular designs. Some of those vinyl stickers. One of the things that my wife and I like to do is we collect some of the stickers from around the places we've been. We've got stickers, you know, from the Grand Canyon and from vacation destinations that we've been to. And it's just fantastic. And so this week, I brought back a guest that you have heard from him in so many episodes. So David Zock is the voice uh, or one of the voices of the band Remedy Drive. And he was on the show back, I think, in its first year of there being a show. And we talked about sex trafficking. And um, that was a rough conversation. And I loved this conversation. We went over a lot of terrain here. But Dave is just fantastic, and I think that you're going to get a lot out of this. And so I really hope that you enjoy this. I know I did. Enough with the riffraff at the beginning. Let's go. David Zock, welcome back to the show, man. Yeah, and uh, I'll thank you in advance. You're the most generous person that I've talked to in a long time. You and a handful of other people. You're always the most generous with all of your art and your work and allowing me to mix it into different episodes here and there. But um, thank you for that, but also welcome back to the show. For, it's good to be back on, and it doesn't feel like generosity as much as it feels like, hey, there's another place where people might you know, discover something I love, which is my melodies and, and my lyrics. So I, I just just feel like a kid kind of I, just like I did when I was a kid, when we were on the campfire and, and I was eager to pick up the guitar and play if somebody asked, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I appreciate it. You were among the handful of like 10 or 15 people that ever said yes to come onto this show. I was looking, I think it's like 2018, 17, something like that. I don't even know if you remember that conversation. I, I remember bits and pieces of it, but what has been new in the last three years? Like the last time that we talked, there was no quarantine. I'm sure you were like, touring in South Korea or wherever you ended up being. Um, yeah. So what is kind of, what is new on your radar? Well, since 17 or 18, it has been a lot of what we've been doing, fighting against slavery, mm. joining the Exodus Road and doing frontline work in Southeast Asia. And since then I started going to Latin America with the Exodus Road too, which for me, that's um, a different kind of work because I speak a little bit of the language. And so mm. it's a different kind of sorrow, different kind of hope. And then we put out our third album as a band in the trilogy of counter-trafficking albums called Imago Amor. And that was fun writing that one and hopeful writing that one. And I wanted to write it in such a way where it wasn't, uh, there wasn't so much lyric and there, and, and that it wasn't so specifically um, overtly tied to only the counter-trafficking movement. Cause I know so many people that take away uh, hopefully they're, they're finding strength and finding 
uh, encouragement in my songs that aren't necessarily fighting trafficking, but are in different arenas mm-hmm. of justice and mercy and compassion. Yeah. I realized that I, um, I, I skipped a step. So I normally have you introduce yourself in a way that I did not do it when we first started. And so I, I, I'm curious your take on, on this. So when people ask you what you are, who you are, or whatever that is, because um, yeah. there are a lot of people that are listening now that weren't listening back then. So what would you say to that? I kind of need to rewind and maybe set mm-hmm. some context for who, who you are. You know, I see so many bios and sometimes I wonder why the absence of father and husband or why putting it first, why putting it second, but that has become so much a bigger part of my life. And for, for all of us that have been traveling so much, but I'm a gardener. (laughs) (laughs) I uh, am a musician an abolitionist. Um, I'm broken and realizing, uh, realizing my brokenness and my impatience. Hopefully I'm hopeful. Sometimes I wonder if I'm hopeful for as much as I sing about hope. That's what I got. No, that's fine. That's fine. What do you garden? We have a garden, and this year all we've planted is potatoes because my son refused to let the year go by without planting something. I wanted to let it rest because you need to let things rest, but he planted potatoes. But what what do you grow? I I love when people garden because I find this tells me a lot about a person. I took, um, I mean, if you saw our garden, you would understand a lot about me. Like four years ago, I, I had a tree fall over my backyard, so I ran a little tractor, dug deep, put down metal mesh stuff to keep the moles out, buried that, used some of the tree limbs to make posts and then wrapped it with stuff to keep the birds out. So trying to keep the moles and the birds out and the rabbits and the deer. Uh, and then there there's blueberry and blackberry and the blackberry are starting to grow into the ground again. You can cut them off and they yeah. propagate their own. Uh, but then we have a green bean teepee in the middle of that one, strawberries, a bunch of uh, okra and mint and basil but then we started a new one this year too, in addition to it. So that one has a long hose that runs to it, like 150 feet with a sprinkler on top of one of the vines that is set in such a way where it goes back and forth and goes on top of one of those posts. Yeah. So it's very, um, it's very Swiss family Robertson looking, but it works. <laughs> and then a new one, our trampoline broke. So I have two semicircles from that trampoline, if you can imagine. And then two of the things that kept the net that, that keeps the kids from falling out of the trampoline yeah. to those tent, tent things. Yeah making this semi-circle thing that's about 40 foot long. And that one's gorgeous, I got <laughs> dinosaur kale. I have 70 tomatoes, feet. like 25 corns. And I just, in Nebraska, my Tennessee corn is taller than my home state of Nebraska's corn right now. <laughs> so that's also fun. squash, more uh, herbs, and uh, tons yeah. of cucumbers, peppers, all sorts of peppers growing together too. Yeah. So open my bell peppers, get some heat from the jalapenos. <laughs> Mix them, hybrid them. That's fun. Yeah, we never grow any of that. All we grow is stuff that I know that we'll eat, which is basically cucumbers and tomatoes. Like the things that we buy a lot of that I just tire of buying them. So there is something satisfying because the banker part of me, I'll do the math and be like, all right, so for this to work out with the money that I've invested, I need three tomatoes and seven cucumbers. And yeah. after that, it's all profit. I can't yeah. turn that part of my brain off where I'm like, this is all I need. And then wife's like, well, we wasted a lot. Of, yeah, but we still save money. We, you know. I, have, I have to because I'm a similar way and I'm, to a fault. For instance, instead of going out and buying a greenhouse thing like everybody else, I use this 10-year-old trampoline. But at the end of the day, the only way this is a financially profitable endeavor yeah. is if my time is valued down to nothing, like less than nothing. Yeah. It's very time-consuming. 
Oh yeah. Well, my son is at the age where he likes to do it. And so I let him do it. Um, okay. And he's convincing me. If we plant these flowers, these marigolds are good for the tomatoes. I'm like, cool, yeah. let's go get some. Where do we yeah. buy them? Let's go. If you're happy, I'm happy. That's good. So I wanted to weave through maybe a couple of the songs from your most recent album, um, yeah. which I've really enjoyed. And my son has enjoyed because that night that you sent it to me, I literally at a stoplight just hit play and we listened to it on the way home. How old is he? Uh, he, at the time, would have been 11. He just turned 12. Okay. Um, yeah, but he he enjoys your music because he says it has real drums. Like, like there, yeah. it doesn't sound like kitted drums. Uh, it's not like a button. Like, it's, it's, I don't know what the word is. It sounds like real drums. And he's yeah. learning the drums. He's in drums at the band, and he does all the things. So for him, he gets angry when when people are lazy. He's like, I have GarageBand yeah. on my iPad. I can make drums like that. But you can tell when they're actually drums yeah yeah it's encouraging that a youngster maybe that's hope for the future of music is that the youngsters care anymore because most people don't care that it's just all sampled and programmed he cared well he can't play along and learn when he's trying to play with the samples because it's like weird times and yeah it's weird what's funny is i can't read music but i can play music and so he'll tell me no dad those are 16th notes you need to play that i'm like i don't I don't know what you I don't know what you mean. I, I don't <laughs> I don't know what you want from me. So, can you walk me through you said it's the third in in this set of albums about trafficking. Is there going to be more than 3? Like how many chapters are in that book? I I loved I mean I said when we wrote Commodity I thought we're going to we're going to take a break from making money and we're going to do this one album, leave a record label, do this one counter trafficking album. And then that led to the North Star as well, and, and now this one. So just because it's a trilogy, Star Wars as a as a as an example, um, they they dream whatever they want, you know. So who knows where it's going to go from here? <laughs> but enough. I did treat it in such a way, especially in the way I ended it, the last words and the last phrase in particular. Um, I treated it as if this was the last thing I was going to say. Yeah, obviously it's not, but it, but if it if it is, I'm happy with with the, with this thing that we brought into the world yeah from watching what you do through social media vicariously and chatting with you a bit i can't think that people are going to stop telling you stories and you're not going to have your own experiences and i i don't think people that do what you do you know create things can stop creating so who knows um that does it does make me sad that you make no money from it it, or at least unless unless i'm mishearing you i'm hopefully you make some money but well yeah like uh, when we were at the label and I'm sure I've covered it with you before. The marketing team was like, you can't make money talking about justice issues in, in the Christian music industry. People yeah. just want it happen, positive. Yeah. It's all dumbed down, and which is really disrespectful to the audience and the artists. Mm-hmm. Both. So I thought, well, I've done that for a long time and I've, I've made a, a living on it. And I, I was reading Amos at the time, like the king of the universe, according to Amos and Isaiah saying, I hate your songs because you've ignored cries of the poor and you're just yeah. singing and talking and praying yeah go justice and so that that was where i was at in life thinking okay i'm going to give this one album this one small chapter maybe of my life to this other part i want to ask you about maybe three or four songs and then unless i'm wrong are all of these songs informed from stories of what you do and teammates of yours with the exodus road or any of them informed from other things i mean it's all informed by my life in general, some of it, like using my name was informed by that experience at the record label and others. But, um, this one's special in that there is a real emphasis, not even just on my stories and my interaction, uh, doing undercover work 
with the Exodus Road, but I did do a lot of digging into how some of my friends that do this work too, some of their stories, some of the things they wish they could have said that they couldn't say while maintaining cover in that undercover environment. My favorite song on the album is is actually Time. And as I Google you, no one else lists that as like their favorite song. They all say Pax Melodium. They say Imago Amor. They say Blue, which Blue is also a, an amazing song. Can you walk me through a bit of like where time come from? Where time? Not where time comes from, because that's that's... <laughs> That's a metaphysical I know the answer to that. <laughs> conversation. <laughs> um, it comes from back there and it goes towards there. But like the, the story a bit of that song, um, and I'll tell you maybe why it, it means to me. So I began binging this album on my way back from burying my dad last year. Um, he mm-hmm. passed away from cancer. And uh, that was the last song that downloaded on Wi-Fi in the airport before we had to turn all the phones off. So it was, mm-hmm. I only had the first six, seven songs. I forget what track number that is. So I listened to all of them and ended with that one over and over, and I just kept gravitating towards it. And it, it just reminds me of so many emotions of my my dad and et cetera. But I'm curious kind of your, like, where is that song coming from? So my dad died almost three years ago now. Mm. And everybody has told me since the time, you know, I, I, I talk to more people and on the, on the road, when you're talking to people, I always try to steer it away from people complimenting my music. And I, I like to talk about other stuff. And I always bring up my kids. And ever since Jack was born, he's 15 now, but people are like, man, it, it disappears like that. Mm-hmm. It happens so fast. And then there's so many days, especially this last year, that I'm like, wait a second, is it already? I think it's like three or four and it's six or seven at night. Yes. And then there's there's this regret that sweeps over me sometimes where I, I'm like, man, I got stuck on that stupid thing or that conversation. I got distracted by that news story or I got, and then my kids were outside and then they're in and they don't want to play anymore. Or, um, so really it's just about me growing up and then now I'm growing old and trying to, trying to remind myself (laughs) that the, the darkness does come in quietly at half past eight. And there's a, there's, there's something that can be lost and missed. If, and I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to miss it. Those special moments. Yeah. I, I don't know how old you are, but I feel like we're not too far apart in age. And so I, I am contesting that I'm growing old. I don't know what I'm growing bald, but I'm not growing. I'm not, I refuse to grow old. I have hair, man, but it's gray and it's silver and it's white. And the shocks are wearing out from jumping off the piano so much, you know? <laughs> well, you could, um, you could line the stage with like that gymnastic, like, foam i want my whole life to be lined with like what they have at those nice playgrounds that squishy <laughs> that rubber <stuff. laughs> my, my whole life to be around with that um all right so the next one i wanted to ask you about which is pax melodium and yeah. if i remember right you originally said you had a different name for that song and you changed it for yeah. some reason but i can't hear that song and not think about empirism and I hear Walter Brueggemann screaming in my left in my left ear, you know, while I'm reading through that. So, what would you say for that song? Kind of what you're seeing going on, why you wrote it, and and what you would hopefully, when people hear it, walk away with and wrestle with. Well, I just have this picture of, and hopefully, it's personification of this melody of peace which would be Pox Melodium. Uh, 
And what's encouraging to me is based off of, and while I'm saying this, you're going to see me looking it up because I always regret that I haven't looked this up. But um, there's this, um, I probably won't be able to find it. There's, 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 it was a, a Russian, a Russian guy that said something along the lines of is, is human history this, um, we, we, we get depressed because it's this story of this great darkness that's overcoming. I can't find his name or the quote that's that this, this attack on us as on humanity by this great evil, this great darkness. And it's discouraging because some people might say when we go to fight against slavery, man, it's, it's always been there. There's always been that sort of thing. There's always been hunger. Um, you really think you can do anything about it. I hear that so often. And sometimes you hear something enough, you start to believe it. It's a lie, but it, you start to believe it. And what was so hopeful and encouraging about this guy's quote is that he's, he says something along the lines of, listen, for all these thousands and thousands of years, this great evil has been trying to take away from us what, what makes humanity so beautiful and important and special. And if it hasn't accomplished that yet, that gives me hope that it's, mm. it's just keep on futilely. I mean, darkness hasn't accomplished its goal. And, and especially in the last several years for me, it feels like, I feel like the psalmist saying, why do the wicked always succeed? And it seems like wickedness and power and, and uh, empire, like you mentioned, and world superpowers crushing the image of God in, in the most vulnerable in our society over and over again and taking and unrepentantly taking. And, and I see that boastfulness and that arrogance and that lack of, lack of acknowledgement of very obvious, um, very obvious evil. And even especially in, in 2021, this, this um, excitement about making sure that none of us will, will ever be truthful about what we specifically have done here um, under, under, under this flag. And, but because I love the, the country I'm born in, right. I feel the need to be honest and to, to say, there are some great things here, but there, there has been a consistent abuse of human beings throughout history in the name of empire, in the name of nationalism. And um, so in a way, this is a sequel to our song, Warlike. Mm. And my favorite line from is, is like uh, Pax Romana at the edge of a sword or with toxic tears to flaunt law and order. Like Babylon of old, it's the same beast. Maybe Pax Americana is a fake piece. Mm. And, you know, it's, it's, it's scary to say something like that, you know, knowing the landscape of people listening to, to my music. Um, and it's scary to call out, you know, the abuses at Monticello or on the caged border. Um, but, and prof, prophetic voices throughout history have always been unpopular for that reason, because it makes us reevaluate. There's a discomfort with, with realizing the, the cost of uh, some of the things that I, that I take for granted and the cost oftentimes is, is experienced by the most vulnerable people. Yeah. Um, what, so I, I don't know how to phrase this question, right? If you're a pastor listening to that song of any denomination yeah. or honestly of, of, of many faiths, pastor, whatever that equivalent is in a different faith, what would you hope someone spiritually leading people would pivot from and change the mentality of what they preach on a weekly or biweekly or whatever the cadence is in a way that maybe when our kids are older, because I think your daughter is a, a similar age as my son, maybe not. Like I'm so fearful. And the reason that we have Pax Americana is because 
we have all the guns. Like we have yeah. we have this piece because don't mess with us. We'll blow up Japan if you mess with us. You know, which yeah. that's that's a stretching a metaphor. But what would you hope that a pastor would pivot from and maybe begin to preach in a different way after hearing a song like this? Well, to, blessed are the peacemakers. You know, take take a whole sermon on the mount. What if what if preachers today took any of those phrases literally? Hmm. You know. Although they have a certain group of phrases they, they take very literally and they'll have canceled me if, if I don't take those things literally. But I've found more and more turn the other cheek. You know, that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. If I'm Eric, me taxes and, and I don't like a protester that's bugging me and my wife when we're walking, I'm going to run, have a block and punch that guy, sucker punch him in the back of the head hmm. in the name of Jesus, you know, <laughs> and I apologize for it. And I was with some Christians the other day and I told that story and one of them was like, well, good for him, you know, good for him standing up for himself, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and that idea of violent, we're so violent. We're such a warlike people. We're so violent in the name of Jesus. And we endorse violence and we, and we, we endorse power, powerful, power hungry people because we, we want to be protected and we want our way of life to be protected and we cannot see the beauty in these other ways of life that, that might actually come in and, and embellish our way of seeing the world and our way of living together. Uh, so I would want a pastor to maybe some, some of that, and it's hard to come face to face with. Um, for instance, a couple of nights ago, we played our, our first um, festival that we played since things are starting to open back up. Um, and as I'm setting up my merchandise table, there's a couple prayers that happen chatter chatter all over the place and I'm way on the top of the hill and then announcements um and then a couple trumpets were playing the national anthem and the difference between when there's a public a prayer to the to the creator of the universe the maker of all things versus um the the anthem yeah. of, of a nation of a world superpower the difference in respect uh, that you know there's there's something off you know mm-hmm. in and out of the world man that needs to mean something. And there's an idolatry of nationalism. And once again, patriotism is a beautiful thing. And it's, it's great to, to, to be able to appreciate like the Grand Canyon and um, some, some of the cool documents that were written, but to appreciate it, but to, to appreciate that, that, you know, well, Jefferson said some really beautiful, important things. He also owned people and he knew it was wrong. Mm. He did it anyways. He said it was wrong. He said, it's the most more immoral thing you can do. And then 20 years later, he writes a, a separate letter saying, I wish I would have, yeah, I wish I would have invested more. I could have made four yeah. percent per person that I owned. Yeah, and so I just I w- I wish there was somebody that preached that had the boldness and the confidence that God's going to provide his needs because he'll lose most of his congregation if he preaches. If he just says there is a issue here, there is a issue of idolatry here, and there, if if that was shared from the um, pulpit more often, uh, you know, we we would be we would learn to become peacemakers. I realized this last night because I try to come in marginally prepared, although I prefer to not be extremely prepared because then the, the conversation is a little more authentic. I, I, I like to feel nervous, <laughs> weirdly enough. I don't get prepared just because I'm always late to things. <laughs> I, I wish I was a little more prepared sometimes. Well, uh, well there's, it's easier when there's a book, uh, but when there's no book, it's literally just like, I don't know if you drink, but you and I are having you know, a whiskey or whatever. And I'm like, hey, questions. Uh, that's what I prefer. So most of your songs are like four stanzas, five stanzas. But Imago Amor is like, Imago Amor is, is like, not, it's not 20, but that's an exaggeration. But it is by far the longest lyrically song. 
Is there any reason for that specifically? Or like, does it require that much link to tell the story? Like, why is that one has so much lyrically in it than the rest? Are you talking Pax Americana or the song Amago Amor? The song Amago Amor. Um, like it's, I don't know. I, like not, not the runtime's not longer, but like literally the amount of words in it. Like most of your songs, I'll, I'll go to Genius and look. Yeah, like most of the most of the most of the songs are four to six sets of words. Okay, and then Amago Amor is like nine or ten. Um, which I just just curious, like, what's the story behind that song? And obviously, it's a big enough story to name the whole album after that song. Yeah. Well, for me, yeah, I did name the album after it, and I, I like it that it also similar to Pox Melodium has has some latin in it but um the idea itself is so important to me and something that i try to practice every day because i can look at one of those preachers that is instead of standing up right and and saying hey there's an idolatry here we're 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 burning the testimony down for the sake of our rights and privileges we are throwing everything out and we have thrown everything out instead of doing that they're leading the charge and they're taking people that were kind of just uninterested in politics, for instance, and just whipping them into a frenzy of, of fear and um, action oftentimes against the most marginal people in the world. Mm. And my, so my tendency is to, when I see somebody like that, and she's usually a pastor, I, I think of them a certain way. And that's what I see. I see that short company, you know, that short coming and, and then I have the ability and the probability to define that person by that, to define my neighbor that flies his flags by that. And his, his sign in his yard that, that says, essentially, there's nothing in my worth, my house worth your life. So once again, another Christian saying, I'll kill you if you try to take my TV, for instance. Mm. Right. Yeah. What a weird world. That's just so normal and no one questions it. It's like, well, you know, people shouldn't steal. But why, why is that a sign that you put it next to a Jesus sign on your car or whatever, you know, <laughs> uh, there's, and, and I, I have this tendency to, to reduce that person to that part of who they are, uh, to, um, to not be able to see past this ideological, ideological, um, possession almost. Yeah. And so Amago more for me, and you, you'll see it a lot with me when I'm, when I'm sitting with someone that sells other human beings for a living. And I do that often. And I've learned to give a, a measure of grace to traffickers to understand their story, understand what got them to this point where they're, where they're willing to do something so awful yeah. and it's usually desperation. And if I can see the image of love in my 10 year old girl, Stella, I need to teach myself. And that's so easy to see past her, her irritating qualities. Mm. It's so easy. Yeah. Cause she's yours. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's right. You, I need to look at my neighbor, that preacher, that nationalistic preacher and the trafficker as mine too. Mm. and remember that I might be entertaining an angel unawares. And I'm not sure what I meant, but, you know, kiss me like an enemy, bruise me like a friend. There's, I don't think, I don't think my last time interacting with anyone, um, even if it's just a short, you know, even if it's, if it's a wave or a, uh, or a irritable honk in a car, that's not the last time I'm going to interact with that person. Yeah. Uh, even if the last time in this life. So I say on the other side, remember me. My favorite lyric in that song, and I don't remember who it was. It could have been years ago. It might have been Barbara Brown Taylor, maybe something she wrote or maybe something she said. I can't remember. But there was someone, and again, it might not have been her, that, that said, you know, when they're struggling, 
with their faith that they feel in their faith community that they need to be allowed to set it aside for a minute and that mm-hmm. the church should come around them and carry her and her faith for a time until she's in a place that she can begin to stomach what she was wrestling with again. And so that lyric right after one of those, is you, you say, um, you know, we were designed for this to carry each other through such a place in time as this. And, mm-hmm. and, and I don't know, because I, I, I've had people like that in my life that if I've been able to vent to them, like, I don't, I'm not doing it. Like, I'm not, I don't know when I'm doing it again. I just, I can't do this right now. And then they fill in the gaps and, and carry me in community. I don't recognizing that what was so unique about that song coming out when it did is that everybody is in, in different ways is we're needing each other in a really specific way right now. And we're all going through it and all of our, you know, I, I should mention, I, I, there's no way that my mental health is what it should be based on this last year or any of us. So I'm gardening partially for my mental health, but also knowing that everybody I'm interacting with at the grocery store, wherever, we're all at this, we're right at this threshold. Mm. And if I can help carry somebody um, through at that point. Um, yeah, I like it that that stuck out to you. That's a cool. Yeah, I don't think it is Barbara Brown. It doesn't matter. Luckily, I'll, I'll go through the transcripts. I'll just hit control F and I'll find it. Um, <laughs> it I, yeah, the, this, that's the hardest thing that I do. And the thing that I'm most thankful that I do now, honestly, more for me than for anyone else. So you said you just had your first live concert a, a, a little yeah. bit ago yeah. i'm assuming that you sang songs from this album yeah and then is it also safe to think that most of the people there haven't necessarily heard all of the album or or is that not a fair assessment for sure it's fair because without any radio you know without any money left over for marketing um it's hard to to let people know it's out there yeah when you sing songs with lyrics that are intentionally chosen like yours, like what is the feedback from the live audience? Like do people walk up and they're like that right there or like, what is that like? Well, first of all, I've been doing these live streams since March, 2020 and those are fun. And, um, you know, as a performer, you get addicted to the validation of the audience. Mm-hmm. And in a way there was, it was, it was nice to have, you know, the thumbs ups or the hearts during the live streams that, you know, cause you can tell people are paying attention and they're acknowledging that, you know, something meant something to them. And it's not so much like an attention thing, like the, for sure, for, for sure it is right. I'm, I like rock music. I like, yeah. I like to be seen. Yeah, I, I like to be heard. Yeah. You know, high volume. But <laughs> he said I that think, a high volume. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully it's that I, I, I like it when something that has moved me so much that I spent time crafting a lyric has validated someone else's experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, uh, so I started off with all along and daylight, the two most listened to songs of remedy drives ever. And then it was a hillside. So people were spread out all over the hillside, but still it was startling. Like, Oh yeah, people shout and and clap when the song's done. Now <laughs> it's so refreshing. It was amazing. Uh, I, I didn't get any specific feedback about any of the new songs, but something something in your question. Um, I I played our song "Sanctuary" from um, the North Star mm-hmm. in a little songwriters round at a festival 
in 2019 and Matt Moore was on stage with two other artists. I don't know if you know him at all. I do. And I met him at a, at a refugee event that where a refugee talent show, high school age refugee kids putting on a talent show or one of the kids played his song and he was there. He didn't know that that kid was going to play a song and he ran up and joined the kid on piano, which was an amazing moment. Nice. But when I played that refugee song, it, 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 it starts to hit. It's like, where are you? Oh, selfless lady. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know, sanctuary, give me shelter, sanctuary city on a hill. Why do you stand so still? And just his validation. I mean, like, mm, like, yeah. <laughs> like vocally, like show that it was like, something that he something that he he recognizes as true but also recognizes as something that is risky to say out loud and i that was one of my most validating moments as a songwriter in yeah. recent years yeah i like matt's music for a couple reasons um when i sing at church people say i sound similar to him and so when they choose his songs it's very easy for me to sing and so i'm very thankful for his music because <laughs> they're ones that don't require me to like i had to sing in a falsetto david on sunday and everybody was like, yay. And I'm like, no, I don't like that. But I did it because, you know, they pay me zero dollars. So that's what they're paying me for. Um, I don't know, man. It, 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 it's, it's a, there's something unique about it. it I've re- always been a fan. It requires an amount of confidence that I do not possess. Oh, yeah. And if you don't, that's, it is true. If you don't get it right. It's awful. It, it, it's, it's absolutely horrendous. Um, I'll do it at home playing with the kids, mostly when I'm making fun of singing with my girls and I can match their pitch, but yeah. never intentionally. Uh, <laughs> never intentionally. Yeah, I ask that because when I play people your music, they're always quite moved. Like, um, yeah, that, so that song actually, Sanctuary, on on that album, it's either at the end of that song or the next one. So one of my son's favorite uh, musicians is propaganda and then it like yeah. there's like a music break and then he comes in with i don't need the the, the clean version the yeah. american idol teen version or whatever like you know um it might be the same song it may be two songs blended no, together it's, the same song. it's been too long um yeah so i really enjoy lyrics that push that that push the thing there push it so i look to my left and i see my dog he looks worried And he is annoyed about this, just like you and I are. It doesn't have to be this way. We're going to break for ads here just real quick. If you don't like these, you could join in over at Patreon. There's a different feed for those folks, and they don't have any ads. But that's not this one. So I'll be right back. Seven times falling down. Eight times to get up off the ground. Failure is not the falling but it's the staying down Wait for it Patience, love will keep the lamp lit Just a bit Hold on, remember hope is infinite We're gonna make it You referenced earlier the Exodus Road, so what are you doing now that's different than maybe what you were doing then? So you're, you're going to Mexico what is different there? Like, what is the goal? Where do y'all hope to be in, you know, five, 10 years? Like, what does that kind of look like? Cause that's a big part of also what you do besides just music. Yeah. The Exodus road has expanded into uh, another country in Latin America. Uh, in addition to the other, we haven't been to Me- Mexico yet. Oh, no I said it wrong. Sorry. Uh, people just assume, um, 
but we're we're one of the cool things we're doing is we have funded and put together the training for a new country we're in of seventeen thousand law enforcement, mm. and it and it seems um, it seems like well trafficking is a pretty obvious obvious thing why can't you know, why would anybody need to be trained on it well it's not it's not an obvious thing it's subtle whether it's uh, agricultural slavery or or sex trafficking or labor trafficking or all the different kinds of trafficking, they're hard to spot and they're hard to identify. And, and then what do you do when you identify it? So I love that about the organization that I'm part of because we're, we're funding some of that training and some, some of those resources for them. Um, and then we're expanding in Latin America. I'm hopefully going down. I soon, I, I, our first trip got canceled because uh, their, their, their restrictions you know, are on a roller coaster still. Mm-hmm. But going down and, and uh, seeing the team, because the real excitement about the Exodus Road is that we don't need a bunch of Westerners going over all the time. It's nice. It opens up doors sometimes. It's the gringo effect down there. So when I go down and pretend to be a rich, rich American and want to have a party or want to rent a yacht or whatever it is that I'm going to do to try to try to make traffickers feel comfortable about, about you know, doing, doing business, doing their thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, doing business. Um, that's a bonus, but I've been blown away by the dedication and the tenacity of the national operatives in the countries working and specifically in Latin America, women and men putting themselves in harm's way, going into spying cartels, going in to infiltrate criminal networks, sometimes international criminal, uh, criminal syndicates, uh, for the purpose of getting evidence. And then the thankfulness, you know, we're bringing technology down to, to, um, to police in addition to training, we're, we're, we're providing them with technology. And I've, I was in a meeting down there when we were first coming down there and it was one of my favorite moments ever because there's all sorts of high level law enforcement and military people in the room. And one of them, I couldn't tell what was exactly happening, but from the answer, the answer to the question in Spanish was why, why? how are you guys able to do this? You're able to provide us these, these, uh, operatives, you're, you're provided us the manpower and the technology. And, and in Spanish it says, porque hay personas en los Estados Unidos y otras partes del mundo que tienen corazón para los hijos de sus países. Uh, there's people in the United States and other parts of the world that have a heart for the daughters of your country. And that just moved me to tears immediately because mm-hmm. I know some of those people, some of them are, podcast listeners to the can i say this at church podcast mm. they're fans of my band you know in mm. addition to that they're people i meet yeah my mom's you know house party it's yeah. cool yeah that's cool that's cool uh, there are many other songs and there's the dogs wagging their ears there are many other songs that i want to ask you about but i won't because um you've got stuff on instagram especially at the exodus rose instagram talking about blue and that type of stuff and those are beautiful stories um, with video, and arguably, I would like to hear a version of that album, um, like what you did in that live stream there. Just a guitar mm-hmm. in a building. Is is the whole album? Do you have a version of the album just like that? Because it's the, the songs are different when it's not. Yeah. I, I prefer. I enjoy the production, but they're they're almost more visceral when it's just simpler. Dragons is going to come out soon in that same setting. That was the old. Um, meat packing plant we we're up on the fourth or fifth floor mm. uh, but drag dragons will be like that and 
I need to do video, you know, for the album too, because I don't want I don't want people to miss out on this album because I do really really believe in it. Yeah. What? So two questions to end up. Um, what do you feel like the church needs to be allowed? And I don't mean from the pastoral pulpit. I mean the church to discuss openly without fear of reprobation for there to be a future hope for our church. A complete reimagining of the distribution of funds. Mm. Because I don't think we can survive putting new wine into old wine barrels. I think I think what needs to happen is so radical that I'm not hopeful that it could happen. But if we're only pushing a couple percentage point crumbs off the table every week, which is what's happening, there's one or two or three or five percent. And then every now and then maybe 13 percent that's left over to help rescue people from slavery, house refugees, welcome refugees, uh, feed, clothe, all the things that are instructed clearly in scripture 2,100 times. That budget doesn't exist at any significant level of what it should. Mm. And that there needs to be a conversation that, well, what can we do? And we had the perfect solution this last year. Well, we could like combine a bunch of, you know, a bunch of groups together. And if, you know, if, I mean, th- that would be my solution. I, I, I watch the Bible project with my kids mm. and it's awesome. Seven minutes. There's Love no em. announcements. Love there's em. no, like, there's no like, um, funny stories or anything. It just jumps right, right to this amazing explanation of something that I've struggled yeah. with. And it's, it's helped me love scripture again because I, ha- I have such a hard time with scripture in many ways. But when they tell me that Jonah didn't necessarily have to go in a whale for the beauty of that story to and the truth of that story too to still have happened and mm. uh, all the different ways that, you know, and all the beautiful drawings. What if that we had that and you're there's so that people are being edified and then suddenly we, you know, I don't think anybody really cares that much about the sound and lights. I really don't. I think people do care and hope and think that their funds, if they're, if they're tithing are going to something more than that. But I feel like Amos five and Isaiah 58 and Isaiah one are written directly to us. And Jesus saying, I didn't, I didn't want all that. I wanted justice for the poor. And instead you're doing all this other stuff. So stop with that stuff. I'm plugging my ears when you pray, stop, just yeah. stop, go and give me justice. And I, so I don't know if I'm answering your question or not, but I wish there was a place for that conversation to happen where people didn't feel threatened, but everybody feels threatened because what I'm talking about would cost all of us, you and me, yeah. a significant portion of our income. Yeah. But I think there's a way to do it in such a way where the poor win, you know, and where the, the most vulnerable win. And, and I'm not saying it doesn't happen. Um, I bumped into Josh from the afters at that festival. He just had a Guatemalan, Guatemalan refugee family live in his home because they had no place and a bunch of people from the particular church he's at. So there's beautiful stories like that, but that should, that shouldn't be weird or abnormal out of the norm. Yeah. Yes. Like, oh, they're Christians. Of course they have refugees living in their house. Of course there's a, a free garden for anybody to pick from in the, in the, in the, in the neighborhood. You know, yeah. It just needs to be flipped upside down. Yeah. When you try to describe to people, when you say what the divine is, how mm-hmm. do you answer that? I answer it less and less lately, (laughs) (laughs) but I also answer it in the way that, um, it's recorded that Jesus Christ said it. He says, I was naked and you clothed me. 
I was hungry and you fed me. So somehow, in addition to whatever else my answer would be, I know with confidence that the king of the universe is a caravan princess running across hot sand and swimming over the Rio Grande or on a raft trying to get their family to safety across the Mediterranean Sea coming from Syria. Like I know that's the king of the universe, according to the king of the universe, if I'm supposed to believe that's literal, but I'm sure there are plenty of people who say that well, it's not literal. Mm. But somehow there's something in all of us that is that divine spark. Um, but I, I, at the end of the day, I just have to say love. Yeah. Love. All these other attributes I don't know about, but by definition, the maker is love. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Where, uh, so we're coming close. I've got to run and get my kids, which I alluded to earlier. Where do you want people to go? Like plug the places where people should at the end hit pause. And I'll make sure I link those in the show notes because I'm lazy. And so I assume that other, everyone else is at least half as lazy as me. So I'll make sure I link everything yeah. wherever people, I, I like that I'm pointing down in the video like that matters. <laughs> um, where do you want people to go? Uh, go to theexodusroad.com or remedydrive.com. Um, and then wherever you listen to music, I don't, I don't care where you listen. I just listen on Spotify. So <laughs> yeah, good, good. David, a pleasure. And thanks for what you do. And, um, thanks for being here, man. Thank you, sir. There's a line towards the end there that David said that darkness comes in quietly at half past eight. And that, as I molded around in my head a few different times, has meant different things during the day. But especially this time of the year, autumn, that feels right. As I watch my kids play, the fireflies come out, and I worry about all the things that doesn't matter that I tried to fix during the day to make myself feel important. And then the world gets quiet. Darkness comes at half past eight. I'd like to thank you for continuing to listen and continuing to support the show. You can support the show on Patreon. If you're unable to, one of the other amazing ways that you can help the show grow is just share it on social media. It is a fantastic way for people to interact with the show in a new way. In the meantime, a big thanks to Remedy Drive again for their music in this week's episode. And for you, dear listener, I pray so, so much that you're blessed this week and every week to come. And we'll talk soon. Your soul's got sapphire wings like the butterflies. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Like the dawn, like the wild morning glory Your eyes sing your song And your smile tells your story
dreams descend. Mm-hmm.